Hi and welcome. This is the 90 Day Website Mastery Podcast. It's episode six. I'm here with my very good friend, Pascal Fintoni. How are you, Pascal? I'm very good. And what about that audio branding? Takes me right into the moment and into the zone of all things website. Absolutely. We are celebrating the launch of our new program and the completion of the website best practice webinar series. We wanted to find a way to continue to share more advice and insights about making your website work harder for you and for you to start feeling proud about your website again. We've got uh, each episode has four segments. We've got the you ask, we answer, where we've got a, a, either something that we've spotted or something that you uh, have identified that you want us to uh, give an opinion on. We have the website stories where we're going to be um, talking about an article or a podcast that we've reviewed and we've got some thoughts on. We're going to go into our uh, third segment, which is the website engine room, where we discuss two apps or perhaps software solutions or or piece of kits that is going to help you as a website manager or website content creator make your life easier. And lastly, our final segment is the website call to action, where we're going to suggest one change or adjustment that you could be making right now on your website to start feeling really proud. So without further ado, let's get into our first segment, which is You Ask, We Answer. Okay, thank you very much, Johnny, for this introduction. And we're going to have a bit of a theme going on in this episode. Search, Google, SEO, you're going to see very, very quickly. Now, the question for today is one that was asked only two days ago during a workshop. And I was very surprised. I was thinking this is like a proper myth that needs to be busted once and for all by Johnny Ross and Pascal Fintoni. So we're having this conversation, and this uh, person in this uh, kind of busy room put their hand up and saying, I've heard that my ranking on search engines would be affected badly if I use a website builder or templates like Squarespace. Is that true? And honestly, Johnny, I just couldn't you know, do my best poker face. I was so stunned that this is still a thing that people are, are talking about. Uh, over to you. What's your reaction? Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit like Coke and Pepsi. You know, there's people that prefer Coke, there's people that prefer Pepsi, there's people that don't like either. And I think if you uh, know what you're doing with some of these tools and you have highly skilled developers that can use them, then actually most of them don't have limitations. Um, and and a lot of them you can really optimize very well. And, and out of the box, they're Opt, they're already written in a way that that Google starts liking them. So, I, I, you know, I do remember a, a few years ago turning around to people and saying, "Look, you do not want, for example, you do not want a Wix website. You cannot optimize it. You cannot make it SEO friendly." However, even I've learned that actually, if you can find the right Wix developer, you can actually do anything with it. And it's the same with Squirrel. Totally can't say the word there. It's the same with Squarespace. <laughs> um, so I think there is a certainly a, a connotation around some of the the names of these content management uh, platforms. But for me, it's all about if you can find the skilled person, you can definitely make them really well optimized, and there's no barrier. But the danger is using something with 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 someone that doesn't really know how to uh, 
customize how to edit the code how to bespoke and that that's where you do have the limitation yeah and, and i think to your point this is what we keep saying on you know, platform people so i think for me the risk is more a visitor has a feeling that maybe this this looks like a rush job or or that you know you went halfway through the process of selecting the template and populating the content with the right images and 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 and, and word but when it comes to the relationship between the search engines and we mentioned google but of course all other search engines are available and valid I, for me logically it didn't stack up but i didn't have you know the the, the hard data and the science until the um google io conference which will be mentioned very soon again and i'm going to go back as far as 2016 and 17 where you had to go dig, uh, deep diving into some of their workshops you know on day three of that conference and there were the kind of seo team engineers who literally were presenting this thing about google loves to work with and then here they were wix shopify squarespace you know all the way they mentioned saying we love them because actually the code is quite clean and the template is is sweet and so on so for, for my point of view it was exciting to hear from literally the horse's mouth that there is absolutely zero negative impact um, in your chances to be ranked if you choose a website builder. But as Johnny mentioned a moment ago, the likelihood is if you don't do the homework and and, and, and partner up with a developer, it's more the user experience is going to catch you out. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you're right. It is written in a, a much more friendlier way that Google prefers and Google likes and and, and any other search engine. Um, but it's that, it's it you know, it's for example we talked about implementing schema on a website and how to sort of structure data and and say to google look this particular bit of text is about something now if you don't have technical skills and you don't have a developer and you're trying to implement schema for example on something like squarespace or something like wix it's not easy even on wordpress it's not easy so it's it's then about it's it's it's, it's at those points where you're trying to really take the optimization up a level that you mm. that the, the, there's no barrier, but you need someone that knows what they're doing to implement it. And I think it's a very easy analogy to make, but it's a very helpful one. I believe it's like you know trying to repair your car or do work around the house. That you should you should know your limit. Uh, which, by the way, for me, happily, I'm very very limit. So I'm, I'm I'm the kind of guy going, ah, that's not for me. I'll give it to somebody else. Uh, but I think you know for for people listening and watching this, there is a real pleasure. In, in working with, with the right developers because you learn tons of things. Yeah. They, they also, the mirroring of your passion and enthusiasm. So you, you end up being part of a team effort as opposed to what we tend to do, whether you're part of a marketing division with just two of you working for people who have hundreds of employees or you are a solopreneur. It can be a very lonely, a solitary activity, this business of website management and, and editing. Why wouldn't you uh, have an extended, extended team, so to speak, and have developers with you? Absolutely. So, uh, well, listen, I've mentioned Google I.O., which is kind of a very strong hint about our uh, next time in website stories. Okay, so this is all about the one article, the one podcast uh, infographic that can help us really expl explain a bit more what it means to be a website manager in today's economy. Uh, we're going to go for literally 
a full day conference. So Google I.O., if you don't know it, is a kind of yearly get together where the heads of departments at Google reveal their plans for the future. Um, it can get a bit lengthy sometimes, it can be get very technical, but if you're patient, they essentially reveal uh, some very interesting insight into what's coming around the corner. And then we, as being forewarned, we can make some adjustments accordingly. So. Um, I put the links, Johnny, in the show notes for the full day conference, but there's also a link to a very specific spotlight, which is about search and the search experience for uh, us moving forward and the use of AI. So let me give you a quick overview, and then I'll invite your reaction. So. You'll be familiar, no doubt all of you, but it's uh, kind of timeless Google's mission to organize the world's information, to make it universally accessible and useful. And Sundar Pichai, the CEO of um, Google, uh, began his introduction. I always does a very good exact summary. It's really quite good to, to learn from that. It, uh, they want to make AI helpful for everyone, but more importantly, free to everyone. So I think there's a bit of a dig there as some other brands in the marketplace, but they want to do so by retaining user trust about, above anything else. Then he introduced Kathy Edwards, who is the VP of engineering at Google, and she was explaining what's going to change in the coming weeks and months when they're going to bring essentially the search service that we know today with their, what they call generative AI, which is a phrase we're going to learn to hate because it's going to be repeated time and time again, generative AI. And what, what does that mean? So very, very soon, what we're all going to see, if you can imagine in your mind's eye, because I'm sure you use it all the time, the typical search uh, results page on Google. And at the top, you know, you've got the tabs, um, all news, videos, flights, books, and all that kind of things. There's going to be a brand new little tab on the left-hand side, which is called Converse. And this is essentially you with the ability to have a conversation with Bard, which is the kind of AI machinery behind the scenes. And the demonstrations are really quite impressive. It's almost akin, Johnny, to remember the demonstration of using voice to do searches, where you can yes. simply speak. Well, literally, you're going to write the way you speak with a very, very long, very convoluted questions and AI um, and machine learning will make sense of it and, and start to have an exchange with you. The one that is fascinating to me and the very strong hint about SEO, content marketing and website management is the ability to have a... Um, an answer, you know, from Bard, and then you can ask follow-ups. But here's the thing. When you look at ask follow-ups, it also gives you suggestions about what the follow-up questions might be. And, of course, when you click on those, it gives you results from the interweb, you know, web pages that we've all been crafting. So hit number one, and reaction number one from you, Johnny, this business of having conversation with uh, the machinery, but eventually you are pointed to a web page who's taken the trouble to go for what you know, I would call the long tail um, Q&As. I think this is the way forward. There's no question about it. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and there's been enough uh, testing and trialing of, of tools like this, you know, uh, even just chatbots on websites. And, and even if you just have a look at customer service in general, so much customer service has moved to to platforms like WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. So if you look at some of the big brands, they're all using, a lot of them are moved to WhatsApp. You know, half the time, are you chatting to a real person or are you chatting to a, to a, to a robot? But the point being is that you're in a conversation a lot of the time now. And would it not make sense for you when you're using something like Google to not just find um, a particular 
let's go for something really simple, a particular restaurant in a particular location. But actually, perhaps you want a particular restaurant in a particular location that has that is a particular price that that's uh, that's that's has a um, a uh, a particular uh, cuisine that has a particular uh, you know uh, level of reviews, whatever it might be, you'd be putting more of that question into into Google and saying, you know, I don't just want a restaurant here, but I also want it one that's going to have you know dog friendly, um, that's going to have you know family friendly, that's also uh, that serves this particular cuisine, that's open on a Sunday night, that's uh, you know all of these things, and in, and then it it goes out and it finds something really specific so so what all of this tells you is that it's even more important to do all of those basic things of helping google understand what your content is what the context of it is and all those data points around it in terms of the trust the reputation the reviews all of all of the things that people are saying about you and you know if no one's saying anything well that's a problem as well uh, so you know, a lot of a lot of businesses are worried about getting negativity. Well, I think the bigger problem, personally, is actually having nothing, because if if Google's got no data, no third party data at all, well, how's it going to use you? Well, I think it. I think this just really builds on where this has been going for many years. Yeah, and you know, right now that there are ways and means, obviously, for people to use Google by having features like you know people also ask and people also looked for you and I mentioned you know on the webinar using the Google suggest or instant where they complete the questions for you it's just been building towards that what is interesting from the point of view of the future search experience is if you you know think about what you do now if you dare change the search term it starts again you know it's almost like a refresh and you lose the history of your search here basically it builds on its like a chat you know to, to use your example of, of whatsapp and the information that Google is going to use to display sometimes as overlays, it's almost like a series of, of cards that's going to overlay over the main search uh, results page. They use data sets from Google Shopping and Google Maps and Google Images and Google News, all the things that you have been talking about, this tab on the top of the um, of the screen is your Google CV. You know, how much do you occupy that page against at least your name, your your business location, and of course your, your occupation. So I think it's about this idea of being explicit and no longer implicit. Uh, I'm gonna close on, on on this announcement that they made, you know, um, with regard to the search experiences. So let's say you you found maybe the solicitor that you want to deal with the IT company you want to deal with to, to use a, a B2B example or you've used the new way of searching to be better at selecting somebody. You can then ask uh, Bart by extension to help you write together a brief to be able to actually contact this um, B2B business and also put together a scoring system so you can vet in other applications. You're going to have this empowerment of the buyers to be really quite impressive. Just to close very quickly, because time is against us, Kathy Edwards basically closed this segment of the conference on the new search experience. Imagine that this is search supercharged, but supercharged for the searcher. And we as businesses have got to act now. We've got a window of three, four months before this becomes the norm. And if you've not been um, active in your content effort, you need to be very, very careful because this is yet another you know, movement away from you from the goalpost.
All right. So in this section of the website engine room, we look at two apps, software solutions that can make life easier as a website content creator and more. Johnny, what is your selection? This week, I am highlighting Zoho CRM. Now, listen, there's loads of CRMs out there, and I'm not necessarily fixed to Zoho by any means. But if you are looking for a really good CRM, uh, then you need to be looking at something like Zoho. I don't know where you are on your CRM journey. I, I know that there's still a lot of businesses out there that maybe they have one, but they're not using it very well and it's not integrated very well. Um, and the, the sort of data that they have is still a complete and utter mess, uh, to be perfectly frank with you. So so um, so this is about trying to find a CRM. This is about a customer relationship manager that is going to really help you understand your customers, your clients, your potential customers, your leads, your deals, uh, all sorts of different things to understand, you know, where they came from, how, what's the conversion, how are you going to keep them engaged? What's the whole customer journey? And tools like Zoho have so many add-ons where you can add automated email camp. Also, there's a list of like 20 different add-ons they have uh, all the way through from marketing to sales to accounts, all sorts of different things. So I think the big tip for me is trying to think of how you can connect your website to some kind of CRM so that the whole thing is seamless. So that when someone fills out a form, makes a phone call, sends an email, that the whole journey is fully understood so that you can really market to them at every single touch point and start segmenting from day one. That's the key thing for me. That is so fascinating because only a few days ago I had a conversation with a client because CRMs, I grant you, sometimes they're not particularly appealing as, as a platform and a device. You know, you, you kind of go in there and they're just for some a conflated version of an inbox, you know. But we um, experience firsthand the power of CRM from the point of view of a handover. So this client um, had essentially someone new joining the company. And as part of the induction, they want to, of course, understand their current customer base and then prospects and so on. And with in with that a CRM, would have been such a convoluted way to gather the information to begin with, to then present it, to then have a conversation. What was possible to do as part of the inductions to let the individual study the, the CRM to get just a first impression, so that when they came to the uh, to the meeting with the sales director and and the MD, he was so much more efficient because he could ask questions about actual customers. They could say, "Oh, have you thought of this and that?" And it was already giving this individual a sense of I'm making a valuable contribution. I've just began. So I think for me, it's also you know uh, its absence versus its its presence. What I know is because I spend a lot of time and at the time still as an employee, but many, many failed attempts at getting a CRM you know, Im embedded. <laughs> and I think you've got you've got to think this through and you've got to do your needs analysis and you've got to do a matchmaking exercise, like you said, with Zoho and all the others. There's so much you can do. Perhaps you should start with a with a watered down version, get it embedded and almost becomes an essential. And then yeah. you can grow. Yeah, although although I think that's where the mistake happens because I think I, I was I was about to say that don't scrimp on the CRM either. So where there's different levels of CRM of uh, different levels of packages, actually you you need to be thinking right from the get go of how you can integrate as much as possible. So for example, a lot of people don't think there's a, a big need to fully integrate your emails 
sending and receiving every single email into your CRM. And they sort of think, well, we'll just BCC the important emails and and, and that'll save us X amount of money and we'll use a, a, a cheaper CRM to do that. But actually all that does is create more issues later on because there was no there was no definite process on which emails should be BCC'd and which weren't. And, and so I, 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 it's a little example, but, but what I'm trying to suggest is the lessons I've learned in business, and this isn't just CRMs, is don't scrimp. If, you've, if, if, if something costs something, um, but, there's a, but it can add value, don't put it off because I've found in business that all that happens is three years later, that's when you re realize that you should have been paying it. And there's that light bulb moment. Why wasn't I doing this three years ago? Uh, so, you know, yeah. Um, to, uh, be cautious in not spending money. <laughs> oh, indeed, indeed. And and to your point, this back to the needs analysis, you know, this is where the, the pain points are. This is where, you know, there's friction and irritation. Let's find a solution that can, that can remove that. Talking of maybe irritation or, or, or sometime overwhelm, uh, clearly the theme uh, of our sessions around content creation and creating a great website experience. And what I know is that people come up with ideas all of the time. You know, it's, you can have meetings, by all means. You can have content meetings or a term that absolutely detest ideation. It's going to be as annoying as generative <laughs> AI. And so where, where do you capture this? More importantly, how do you make sure that the, the team can have access to that? So you could argue a, a close cousin to the CRM system is Trello. So Trello is this incredible kind of information board and project management board where you can organize um, your, your, your information, your, your stages, your, your flow in a very visual way because uh, it's not for everyone to have something that is akin to an Excel or, or something you know, very, very similar. So, you know, for example, you, you do your research, as we mentioned a moment ago, to, to kind of marry up to the future search experience. You may end up with 10, 20, 30 different content ideas. You may have things you've curated. Maybe you have ideas for photography and so on. Where do, where do you put this? And you can make a long list on something like um, Google Docs or whatever, but it just doesn't really inspire the team and yourself. So trailer allows you to copy and paste the, the hyperlinks. You can upload a photo. You can make annotations. You can even put some tasks and so on. So again, there are many other platforms available out there. It's just one that we've settled on with my customers and, and myself with the work that, that we do. And there's just this idea of, you know, use it as, as a journaling of sort. Drop, copy and paste the hyperlinks, everything you're going to find. Because like you heard a moment ago from Johnny, a month later when it's time to get on with the content marketing activities, you don't want to have to be using memory or, good forbid, go through a very lengthy, busy, particularly unappealing Google Docs when you could have something that is very visually stimulating. So Trello is my selection for the website engine room. Yeah, I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Uh, I like Trello a lot. I like the cards. I like the organization of it. It just helps you sort of, it, it helps you empty your brain in a way and mm. just have one place to be able to project manage and 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 keep an eye on, on all your different projects and all the different ideas. Uh, for one minute, I, I thought you were even going to mention Blue Sky Thinking, uh, but you didn't, so that was good. Didn't. <laughs> I did instead. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to uh, our next segment? Let's do that.
So here we are in each episode of the 90-day website podcast. We just look at one change, one adjustment that's going to make a huge difference to you, your website, and by extension, the visitor's experience. So Johnny, what is your suggestion? Well, it sort of continues on what I was just saying about spending money, actually. Um, so this is about not going too cheap on your hosting. So we, as business owners, we are we're always thinking of how to save money. Um, but one of the things that we, if we don't fully understand the benefits of spending money on hosting, then again, that can be a danger. So cheap hosting means slower websites, means unreliability. So it doesn't mean that uh, the uptime is is as good as it could be. So uh, connections and, and websites being down. Um, also, in terms of the trustworthiness, in terms of the quality of the IP addresses, the network, other websites on the on in that network, Google has to find ways to try and understand businesses, to understand how um, you know uh, how big they are, but also how how trustworthy they are. How are they real? Are they bricks and mortar? All of those sort of things, and and if it can see that your website is on you know, really cheap hosting and on uh, a server that's just full of spam websites, sp uh, websites, you know, uh, scamming people even, or, you know, dare I say, pornography websites or um, or just, you know, uh, virus, uh, you know, websites full of malware. Well, that's going to send a huge signal to Google. Maybe we won't put this website high in the rankings. So there's so many benefits to better hosting, whether that be speed, reliability, customer service even. So, you know, what happens if your website goes down and do you have access, 24-7 access, but what's to support? But more importantly, what's the level of support like and how involved do they get and how quickly do they solve things? And, and I guess lastly, the visibility. So understanding that the better hosting packages you have, the more visibility you have in terms of the errors that might be going on in the background. And that's the sort of stuff that Google doesn't like either. So I think it gives you much more technical visibility so that for me would be my message today spend a bit more money on hosting we use Rackspace it's the uh, global leading cloud uh, b2b uh, solution out there there's there's there's, there's lots to to look at but there's also lots of crap out there and there's lots of cheap stuff out there spend money on hosting is my big call to action for today pascal what is yours well, I had to continue, obviously, the uh, the thread through from you know our conversation around the um, Google I/O conference, and mine is about preparation. So, walk in the shoes of your customers. Imagine that they are searching for what you do, who you are, and start entering short phrases, questions, uh, anything you, you, that comes to mind, perhaps born out of reviewing what's happening on search, Google Search Console and more. And then I want you to study the search results page on Google, but also the other search engines. So on Google, you have things like people also ask. So those are there presented because of their popularity, but also the link to quality results. If you're not answering those questions, you are already on the B2C you know, list. So 
I would use maybe Trello, uh, ideally, or a different method. I would copy and paste those questions literally. And I become a precursor of content creation, which I will explain next week. You also have you know, other panels like related searches right at the bottom of the Google search page. And soon it's going to appear on the right-hand side as a bit of a precursor to the full version that we discussed with um, generative AI. You have also follow-up questions. It's going to start to appear from time to time. And all you need to know is what those questions are and start to record them, start to organize them, and don't fall for the trap of thinking, well, Pascal, to be honest with you, it's a bit late because people have already answered those questions. What matters to your customers and to Google is that you are not answering those questions. So I think that's why you need to know what the questions are, and you're lucky. Google has become you're like your always-on market researcher and use it to your advantage. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, and it just reminds me of what you were saying earlier in terms of the AI um, search that Google's going to suggest, you know, you've asked this, why don't you ask me this? Because I can probably give you a better answer. But it's all about the content. And so, you know, you've got to be prepared as a business owner or a marketeer or, you know, head of marketing to be able to make sure that you have positioned your organization there with answering that sort of content. Great, great, great suggestion, Pascal. Thank you. Super. Thank you very much. And that is the end of episode six. <laughs> of our new podcast series, the audio companion to the 90-day website mastery program. For more information, please visit 90daymarketingmastery.com and you'll be able to book your discovery call with either myself or Pascal. We'll be back with another episode. In the meantime, feel free to send your questions, share your preferred app and links to your website once you've made the changes we spoke about and we would love to give you a shout out but bye for now everyone and we'll leave you with a fun video and audio montage whilst you go through your notes and take actions we'll see you all soon take care